For about a week, I put my game face on for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I was even considering Periscope. That's right, sister and all you social media hyper users, it's similar to Snapchat. It's new, and I hear it's so Gucci. <laughs> Every now and then, my sister educates me with a new urban dictionary phrase. I can never pull it off. Anyway, I was getting worked up over social media for marketing to get more eyeballs on my content. I soon realized that of all the things that I needed to do, marketing was not my priority. At least, not yet. Procrastination, time management, productivity. At one point, I indulged in organizing my workspace, but soon realized that it was the adrenaline from moving around that got me feeling pumped and less from the activities that I was getting ready for. There are so many apps that are created to help us better organize our lives so we can be more effective with our time. I bought a planner today, just to add to all the digital calendars that I already have. I've always been surrounded by people with a higher bar for organization and neatness. Unfortunately, for those around me, just the absence of a moldy sandwich in my backpack would be a victory. I came across an article on Canva that features photos of workspaces that belong to creative geniuses like Albert Einstein, Mark Twain, and Mark Zuckerberg. I didn't spot any moldy sandwiches, but let's just say that there were lots of potential hiding spaces. I also stumbled on a YouTuber's video on productivity. Anna Akana reminded me of times when I had that long to-do list of items that weren't exactly life achievements worth bragging about, like checking my email, going for a walk, talking to someone other than myself. Days when the bar for productivity needed to be lowered. However, this shouldn't happen on a daily basis. Some call it laziness, but I like to call it a red flag signaling the need to find something that you truly care about. In retrospect, on those days when I felt empty of motivation, what I really needed wasn't another routine or more sunshine. I needed to find something that I cared about and a sustainable way to pursue it. And as always, having support in tackling something new and reassurance for doing something I had yet to be good at only helps. In a TEDx talk, Josh Kaufman says that you need to get past the stage of feeling stupid before you can develop some level of expertise in a subject. He clarifies for us that the 10,000 hours of deliberate practice to master a skill is only true for if you want to be a world class in that field. He demonstrates through a mashup on the ukulele that you only need 20 hours of practice to be decent. He reminds us that the major barrier to skill acquisition isn't intellectual, it's emotional. Maybe you should see a doctor. My head is aching. Maybe you should see a doctor. In an article on Medium titled How to Make Better Decisions, Why Zuckerberg and Obama Wear the Same Outfit Daily, the author tells us that these two men completely wipe out the need to go through their wardrobes to make time for decisions that do align with their goals. The author talked about willpower being a muscle, as if the energy to use willpower could be used up by the end of the day. I don't question this. I've had my fair share of decision fatigue. Having been in the education space for three years, 
the biggest daily struggle was answering the same questions that I was expected to have automated for. Months into the school year, the same questions still came up. Is this a good time to go to the bathroom? Can I eat this as long as I keep my space clean? Can I have a pencil? My teacher preparation program taught me that at the beginning of the school year, some kind of social contract should be established so these no longer become questions that I needed to answer. So what happens when teachers have students who have learning disorders and emotional disturbances that require academic accommodations? What if teachers get students during the middle of the school year who are completely foreign to the English language and can't pair them up with someone because no one in the class speaks their native language? Shouldn't I let them eat if I know they haven't been eating their lunches when they're supposed to? Should I really take away points for his unpreparedness for class when he just came in from a fight on the yard? Shouldn't I let them take the extra bathroom break? Because we both know they're never going to be happy with their seating arrangements if they can't get along with anybody in the class. During my first year as a middle school math and science teacher, I had five classes each with a different composition of students in terms of language and academic ability. On top of the personalized questions from students who clawed for my attention, I also made decisions for when, where, and how to carry out the advice from mentor teachers and a handful of coaches from the school district. My to-do list looked like this. 1. Pick up my mail and look for important announcements. 2. Check calendar for meetings. 3. Check email. 4. Lay out my lesson plans and preparation materials for my classes. Five, make last minute copies. Six, set up the projector and whiteboard. Seven, pull out all PowerPoints for the day. Eight, prepare backup devices in anticipation for technology failures. And that to-do list was just for the morning. Today, my daily to-do list looks like this. 1. Podcast. 2. Blog. 3. Work on my book. 4. Read other books. There are far fewer decisions that I have to make in a day compared to when I was a teacher, allowing me to stretch my capacity to do work that I care about while still maintaining my health. I feel like I've been the most productive I've ever been. Doing things you don't enjoy takes willpower. If you're sucking it up from 9 to 5 doing menial tasks that do not align with what you believe in, the job will tire you out quickly. So what do you have to do? The author of the Medium article says, turn your dreams into specific time-sensitive goals and place them on the top of your priority list every day. During my downfalls, after devouring lessons from motivational articles and self-help books to equip myself for the rest of my life, I tell myself that I will be ready for anything. Mark Manson is a blogger who I followed religiously during my darkest and also least productive hours. I was reading his articles on ways to better my days, as if I could anticipate all the challenges to come. One of his top self-improvement articles is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, where Mark says that in order to brush off the trivial stuff, we have to care about something big. 
and he's quick to clarify that being indifferent is not the same as not giving a fuck. Being indifferent would be like if those people on TV continued going about their days while watching their neighbors get beat up even though they're no longer in the next room or separated by a floor or ceiling. My big thing is wanting to help people raise their confidence, which is one of the reasons why I went into teaching. I didn't have much confidence growing up. Some of it had to do with frequently being lucky enough to get to places where my confidence tanked with imposter syndrome, the plague of feeling like I didn't belong. So having been in the tunnel where I couldn't see the light, and then out of it, I told myself that it would be a waste to not be in a space where confidence is needed most. That's the unselfish story I tell people. However, the reason that very few people know is that I was sick of a world with a set of rules I was already familiar with. Power play. I grew up in a house full of that. Some of me just wanted my childhood back. So this big thing of wanting to elevate people drives me every day. Every action I take is filtered by the questions of am I raising this person's confidence or am I lowering it? Am I trying my best to help the people who are in front of me? If you've met me in person, you know that I am a person of few words except for when we're talking about something that I care deeply about. Something that I've learned over time is that most of the time, saving my energy is more valuable to me than a need to put my face in everything. Am I going to argue over the choice of cuisine for my next meal? Am I going to be picky about my outfit today? Or fight over TV shows to watch? Refraining from saying something about a lot of things, the small things, saves me energy to say a lot about the big things. So what it all boils down to, the solution to decision fatigue, lame to-do lists, having more clothes and apps than we really need, is to find out what we really care about. And then remember that you are invincible. At least after the first 20 hours. I'm Ivana, and I'll be back soon with more adventures from A Writer's Journey.